Welcome to the podcast for North Decatur Presbyterian Church. We are a Presbyterian USA congregation located in Decatur, Georgia. You can find out more information about the church, our service to the community, and our great education programs for children, youth, and adults at ndpc.org. And you can follow us on Facebook. If you're in the Atlanta area, we hope you'll come and join us in person. That's it. On to this week's scripture and sermon. Our scripture reading today is taken from that great book of poetry that's right in the middle of our Bibles called the Psalms. And I'm going to, in fact, ask all of you to read the scripture today with me, if you wouldn't mind. It's printed in your bulletins for your reading pleasure. Uh, There it is, right by itself on that uh, back of the page there. So everybody turn to that, and we're going to read Psalm 150 together. And those of you who aren't readers can listen. And I would invite you, if you choose, you may substitute the hymn and his and just say, God. So will you read the psalm of praise with me? Praise the Lord. Praise God in God's sanctuary. Praise God in God's mighty firmament. Praise God for God's mighty deeds. Praise God according to God's surpassing greatness. Praise God with trumpet sound. Praise God with lute and harp. Praise God with tambourine and dance. Praise God with strings and pipe. Praise God with clanging cymbals. Let every God with loud clashing cymbals and let everything that breathes praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let me say that last time. Let everything that breathes praise the Lord. The word of God for the people of God. been so quiet all summer and all of a sudden it's not quiet here anymore. Amen. Well, I have always thought that worship is about the weirdest thing in the world. Anybody with me on that? What? Y'all think this is normal what you're doing here? What are you doing, right? What are we doing here? We're not making anything. It's not like we we leave here and we've got something to show for it, like we built a house together or or fixed a car or something practical like that. It's not even like we've come here for entertainment. I mean, like, the music's not bad, sure. There are a few jokes, so occasionally you laugh, but it's not really entertainment. I mean, go to a Taylor Swift concert, that's entertainment, right? What are we doing here when we worship? Well, it's clear that worship has been happening among human beings for a long, long time. This is a a picture from Ireland, right? It's a bunch of stones in a circle, and they weren't there by accident. Something was happening among that group of people thousands of years ago called ritual. Ritual is meaning-making that we do in public Instead of you sitting there alone in your basement trying to make sense of the world, 
You get together with a couple of folks and you, you start performing something. You start, you start dancing or singing or doing something with your bodies and all of a sudden you are performing shared meaning that you hold together. I think that human beings are ritual beings. Maybe even more than human beings are ritual beings, but, but that's for another day. I think we're meant to be together where we don't just make meaning alone by ourselves. Meaning is something that we do uh, in community, and ritual is our medium. It's how we shape and form meaning among us and between us. When we do ritual together, we, we give voice to our common values. We share a sense of what is sacred what binds us and what transcends us. So I was, trying to, I was trying to think of a good ritual that I could show you, and, and, and my mind kept going to one video. It's like the best ritual that I've ever seen. So Drew, let's just watch this in its entirety. <laughs> this is ritual, right? Sacrament going on. 
That's worship, right? That's worship. Aside from it being a little patriarchal, right? That was pretty powerful. I wish I knew how Rafiki did that thing with the light. Like, I would pay big money to know how to do that with the sun on command. Our worship is beautiful, but let's not be, let's not be confused. It's a strange thing that we do on Sundays. I mean, you gather, you come to a space, you sit in these straight rows, uh, you talk to an invisible God, and you ask that God to do things in the world. When I look at worship, I, I always figure it this way. Yes, it's strange what we do on Sunday, but people worship anyway, right? We're going to worship something in our regular lives. Each of us is always deciding what it is that we worship. Worship comes from the word worth. What is worthy to you, you worship. That's what we asked you earlier in the service. What have you been spending your time and your energy and your money doing? That's what you're worshiping. Even in a culture where most people don't go to religious services on Sunday, there's still ritual happening all, of around, all around us. What kind of rituals do you see on a day-to-day basis? What do you see? Coffee. Yeah, the ritual of gathering around a steaming beverage in the morning. What? Groups of bikers. Okay, what else? Cleaning. The ritual of cleaning things, the, the, the repeated actions, uh, making it better by cleaning. Yeah, transforming something. What else? The male, the male person coming around, the ritual of the communication, sharing this communication. I was thinking about sports, right? How, how, the ritual violence of sports that we, all of us, participate in. We, we have our favorite teams. Uh, my tribe goes to war against your tribe. And instead of spears and, and guns, we have a, a pitched ball and a, a stick that we try to hit the ball with. And there are heroes and villains in that ritual. And, and there are uh, lament and praise. And so, like, I just wish worship could sometimes look like this. There was this kind of energy. Drew, let's show that the video. Right now is at the plate. I mean, don't you just wish, like, we could get this kind of energy? There it goes! And look at the people! And look at the joy! And here's Kirk Gibson, the arm, through the arm, yes! Yes! Like, what would I have to do to get you guys to praise like that? I'd have to hit a home run. I do my best, I do my best. So what are we doing here, right? What is our ritual about? I think Christian worship is the practice of gathering to orient our lives around the love of God. It's gathering to orient our lives around the love of God that we know in Jesus Christ and experience by the Holy Spirit. Let me say that a different way. We are part of a love cult. You are part of a love cult. Whenever we gather on Sunday, we try to perform a celebration of that love together. 
It's not an easy job. You can ask Beth or Clint or anyone who, who helps to put the worship together. It's no easy job to try to figure out what we should sing, uh, what we should pray, what stories we're supposed to tell. We, we give gifts uh, every week for the sake of love, to practice our giving. Uh, when we plan worship, we, we think about what we're supposed to do with our bodies in the space to embody love. We choose our words very carefully. We think about how love has worked in the past, in, in the end ancestors, and, and, and we think about how God's love will function in the days to come. We think about power and, and how God's love uh, gets expressed as this kind of power in the world. And how does God's mercy and compassion and God's justice and forgiveness, how does resurrection power distinguish itself from other kinds of power in our world? And most of all, like, how do we find a, a language for this, this thing that binds us together, this love? I know, it makes me want to cry out. How do we do it, oh God? How do we worship you? Our worship services are never nearly as polished and flawless as in The Lion King, right? Every week, our ritual is kind of a do-it-yourself chemistry experiment, right? We're never sure when it's going to blow up on us. Another analogy would be it's a recipe that we're making with ingredients that all of us bring, like we've never made the same thing before and, and we'll never make the same thing again. We're not sure if it's going to be tasty or if it's going to be repulsive. For worship to work, for it to matter, for it to help us and transform us and change us, I think there are two things that have to happen. It's a coming together of, of two pieces. One is your inner life. And the second is the form of the service itself. So let me talk about your inner life for just a second. Worship depends on you. You cannot just come to this place and expect worship to be meaningful. There has to be something going on inside of you. And at the very beginning of service and the call to worship, we, we recognize that it is God who calls us to worship. You have to be ready. I do believe that there's something going on in all of our individual lives that is preparing you for the act of worship. I believe that all of us have this interior relationship with the spirit of love that is all around us. We have, whether we formally acknowledge it or not, sort of an ongoing conversation with God. Some of us are always uh, trying to see and feel the love of God in the world around us. Maybe we are seeing it and we want to come and declare it in worship. Or maybe we're not seeing it and not hearing it. And we come to this place because we're hungry, we're famished to remember what love looks like and sounds like. Our interior lives are what prepare us for the act of worship. And there is a need to align our lives with the Spirit in order to worship Jesus. Uh, Jesus uh, had something to say about this in Matthew. He said, those people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. We're looking for an alignment in our inner life with the Spirit of God, with the Spirit of love. And we don't have to have all of this together before we come to worship. It would be a shame if we did because none of us would be able to come. 
You don't have to be a daily scripture reader. You don't have to have your prayer life super in order. You certainly don't have to be a good or a perfect Christian to worship God. But you do have to be open. You have to be searching. And the best analogy that I could come up with is is so dated right now, it's like a radio, right? Does anyone know what a radio is? (laughs) Right? But, you know, you remember you had to tune the dial and find the frequency? I think there's something in all of us that is searching for the frequency by which God will communicate a word of mercy and blessing and courage and love. So your inner life, what you bring matters, and we say that right on your bulletin. At the very top, it says preparation for worship. I hope you will come prepared. But it also says adoration. Adoration. We come to adore God. And I love this picture. We know what adoration is in our own lives. When we come to this place, we try to find the words and the actions and the patterns of our bodies that will help us to to shape our lives around the adoration of a God who is known by love. So the words and the actions that we do in this place, do they act as vehicles for our communication with the divine Sometimes they do. But it's also just as true that sometimes we come to this place and things get way, way off. Worship, to put it frankly, fails. One question you might want to ask amongst each other is if Jesus walked in and slid into the seat next to us, would Jesus recognize any of this? When Presbyterian worship fails, when any kind of worship goes awry, it's almost always because we've held too closely to our familiar traditions and patterns of worship and not held closely enough to the radical, loving spirit of Christ. We create our worship services and these buildings and our music, even what we wear, and we often deify ourselves and our own loves rather than the love of God. I'm as guilty of this as anyone of creating worship like this, and I need you all to call me out on it. A few weeks ago, Charlotte Stone Black talked to me after worship, and it was the week that another child had died in the custody of our nation's broken immigration system, and she basically said to me, you went on with some kind of worship and you didn't say a word about it. For us to gather around the spirit of God's love, it has to matter. It has to translate into the world in the way that we love our family, in the way that we love our neighbors, and the way that we love in our politics and economics. I point you back to Isaiah in the 58th chapter. The fast that I choose is to loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every oppressive yoke. In our tradition, we have said that there is worship in the sanctuary that matters 
but it's not just our worship in the sanctuary that matters, right? Worship in our lives is one piece, and it's inclusive of what happens here, but it spreads out into the lives that we lead. Drew, can you show that image uh, that I have for you with the heart on it? And the words worship and service, yeah. Right, this is kind of an image of what what our life in God is about. The spirit of love is flowing around and we gather for worship in that spirit and what happens in worship, the spirit that gets evoked here gets translated in the way that we love and serve our neighbors and our love and our service of our neighbors gets translated back into the way that we worship. Our praise, our praise is the words that we speak to God, our adoration of God's goodness and God's love and mercy, but our praise is also the things that we do. In the letter to the Hebrews, the author says, Through Christ, let us continually offer a sacrifice of praise to God, by not neglecting to do good and sharing what we have. And in the letter of the Romans, Paul says, I appeal to you, my siblings, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, your whole lives to God. We are ritual beings. All of us make meaning all the time and decide what is worthy and worthy of our worship. We have chosen. We have chosen to gather around the love of God. May that love be in our worship and may it be in the pattern of your life as you leave this place and come back Let the people of God say,